0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, it's Painter Sharpless with the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. Thanks for hanging out today. We've got a couple things to dive into. State of the program for Ole Miss football. What's Lane Kiffin got to say? A little bit about Jerry and Ely, and what he adds to, I think, a very talented backfield. And, quite frankly, just catching you up, you know, on the times. What's happening? All right? Does that work for you? Brief, succinct, let's dive in. But first, a word from the folks who make this podcast possible.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary.
0: Well, here we are. That's right. I know. I know. Painter, how do you do this? How could you be so brave? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about some Ole Miss stuff and then I'll get to the bravery part and what it is that I do that brings you your team every day. Yes. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, what is the state of the program in this very dire time in which our leadership seemingly has no answers? There is one voice that stands out among the crowd, and it is the train that carries Lane. The Lane Train and Co., as we've dubbed it here on this very show, your team every day. So the teleconferences are happening right now because, quite frankly, there's not a lot going on. All right. The coaches are hyper competitive. They're very busy people. And I'm not going to say that they've stopped being busy people. All right. They've just had to shift their priorities and responsibilities instead of recruiting in person all the time and holding practices. Well, I would imagine that there's a lot more watching film from home and recruiting players from home. I hope. They're not supposed to be on campus, and they're certainly not supposed to be traveling. And if you're doing that, coaches, you're selfish. Otherwise, and that wouldn't be new. Otherwise, uh, to to keep us in the loop, us being the media and fans, I can consider myself both as I love the sport, and I cover Ole Miss and Auburn. All right? How does that work? How does that work? First year, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin, like other coaches and administrators around the league, having a teleconference, here's the first question. Does time away from your team make evaluation by video more important? Oh, there it is, watching film from home. Kiffin responds by saying, a little bit. Maybe I'm naive, but still hoping for some spring ball to happen at some point. That's such better evaluation because it's our system compared to systems before. And kids have changed a lot since games in November and all that. You can watch old film, but I don't know how much that helps. People are coached in different systems and told different things to do. You see it all the time. Guys get fresh starts and play a lot better. So I think a great place to start. What do you do? You've got to repiece part of your offensive line. You've got to figure out which skill position players are best suited in this new look offense. And oh yes, you knew it was coming, the quarterback battle. What do you do, Matt Corral? What do you do with John Rice Plumley, the baseball player? The guy with perhaps one of the better baseball names you could think of. He might have bullied you in high school. Probably not. John Rice could be a nice guy. I don't know. Anyone else ever want to say John Reese? Jean Reese, Jean Reese, John Rees. he can be French for all I know, but he's not. So there's that. What do you do with players that are trying to learn a new system with new coaching styles, tactics, schemes, however you want to put it, however you want to put it, Painter, it's not helpful that you can't practice. Now, to be fair, everyone else is in the same boat. However, first-year coaches, as we've discussed on this very program, your team every day are at a particular disadvantage. And while this will be another version of the spread offense, we know spread offenses look very different from team to team. All right, five years ago, you might have thought, oh, it's just the spread. But now an intellectual, you realize the nuance and variance, all right? And seriously, Rich Rod's spread is going to probably going to vary somewhat from what not probably will vary from what Lane Kiffin has done in the past But we have seen Lane Kiffin's offense run in a number of different ways. All right. From having Blake Sims to Jake Coker. Whatever it was he did at FAU. (laughs) I'm just saying. All right. Now he's got some mobile quarterbacks, so I think that's a factor. But again. How much can you tell? Lane Kiffin seems to think a limited amount based on past film with different coaching staffs and a totally different scheme with some players who are no longer there moving right along what's been the directive to the players as far as staying prepared working out kiffin answered as of now we're limited in what we can do from the sec obviously they can look at playbooks ipads they have stuff on them but at some point no you can't look at your your ipads kids that was a bad joke this is kiffin ipads they have stuff on them but at some point I think we'll get into where we'll be able to do group meetings with them, almost like having meetings before a practice and meetings with position coaches, things like that. We can send them workouts. They're not required to do them, nor can they report back. Even if they were in Oxford, we're not allowed to work them out. We're in a holding pattern. So this is the tricky part, right? Um, Now they cannot do them, but that would be dumb for a number of reasons. You're going, of course it would. Well, the obvious one would be you're not doing yourself any favors if you come back whenever it is we come back. And I'm getting more concerned that football season, ladies and gentlemen, is not going to happen, at least as we usually are accustomed to it. But assuming that we do have it, whenever they come back, likely this summer, could be pushing it. Then, you know, who's coming in shape? Are you going to be the guy that doesn't? I'm sure there will be guys who don't, by the way, on every team, uh, but you're doing yourself a, a, a disservice because, one, you'll clearly be behind, and, two, you're gonna be, everything's going to be compressed from there on because the coaching staff will have missed that spring window, so they're going to be getting in, especially first-year coaches, trying to get all these things in in a limited amount of time. And if your conditioning is a concern, well, you, getting on the field has, has gotten significantly more difficult. but he's right. Like there's the way that they can hold them accountable right now is reminding them of what they have to earn, of what they have to gain by staying in shape. They can't actually hold them to it right now as they're not together. And quite frankly, even if they were, as he points out in Oxford, they still can't work out. They still can't be on campus. They still can't have these meetings. So from there it becomes, I think, you know, multifaceted. I'm sure that these position coaches and Kiffin, as I mentioned earlier, is checking in on each of their players Giffen's got at least 85 of them, plus other staffers and walk-ons, et cetera, to keep up with. Who am I kidding? Who knows if he talks to the walk-ons? So you would expect them to keep them motivated and, and accountable through that. But some of it's going to just be on the players to do these things. And we'll find out who does and doesn't. It'll be obvious. Moving right along then, another question. Assuming there's no spring. Has there been any communication between SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey and league coaches regarding additional time allotted for coaches to work with players during the summer? Great question. And harkens back to the first one about what happens with install, what happens with first year coaches who are not only trying to teach players a new scheme that involves different players and personnel, but different coaching tactics. I mean, I think probably just the way practice would be laid out, the way warm-ups would be done the way you do your game prep like all of that is now being pushed back into a condensed time assuming that we can in fact at some point have spring practice in the summer or spring practice in the fall so this is what kiffin had to say i haven't seen anything i think the commissioner's communication goes to the athletics directors more than coaches this is an assumption but i just assume no one knows when this is going to end i don't think anyone is going to say something now But I would sure think when this comes to an end, whenever it does, they'll certainly look at that, whether that be getting rid of spring recruiting and let us have practice or whether it's in the summer or whether it's more them just making this up. Maybe it's more like the NFL model where it's not as much contact but more like organized team activities. We'll see. So it doesn't sound like he knows yet either, to be perfectly fair. And I think that's a good answer. When you don't know something, especially as serious as this, That's not just a football question, but a health and safety matter. Just say you don't know. All right. Sometimes saying I don't know makes you the smartest person in the room. He goes on to say, Kiffin does, my thought on that with all this time to think is if we didn't have it at all, that hurts first year coaching staffs. I was thinking if I was still at FAU, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because you've got some returning players that know your system and you've played some games together, equal playing field for new coaches. It wouldn't be equal. If there were to be nothing, that would definitely hurt the first-year programs more than the programs with continuity. There you go. So it's safe to say that he's thinking about this, and there's no way other first-year coaches are not having those same conversations with their staff, with administrators at the SEC, and within their own program, and just internally, like in their head, going, oh, my God, I'm in the SEC West. Nick Saban has been there for more than 10 years He's been recruiting at an elite level and now I have to install all of this in a short amount of time and I just got to know some of these players, some of which were coming on campus for this reason to help us so that they could be contributors as a freshman. That's gone and I hardly know what any of them can do. I'm basing everything, all of, all of his knowledge to this point. Is from watching film, from having recruited players and crossing paths, you know, prior to them choosing Ole Miss before he became Ole Miss's head coach. It's all old information. It's all outdated without any of the experience of doing this together. So he's dead on. And it's refreshing to hear them say that. I'm not surprised. I don't view it as a complaint so much as a reality that first year coaches are at an extreme disadvantage if this. Remains our situation, and we do have the season. And on top of that, the SEC West, Jimbo Fisher entering a critical year three. Gus Malzahn has now been at Auburn for what will be his eighth season. Ed Orgeron was the interim and then became head coach very successfully, it seems. Sorry, folks. Since 2016. All right. That's just within your own division. Those are the teams that are directly, certainly... Ahead of you in talent and experience and continuity and history. You could quarrel with AM a little bit, but recently, I don't even know if recently, I mean, goodness, m has been a they've had better overall records, but if you're if you're nitpicking between five to seven wins and like eight or nine wins, whatever, they have more resources, they have more money than Ole Miss, and they have more money than just about everybody. So I will say that like just from that perspective, you're you're very behind, and that's not lost on Kiffin. Specifically, what do you lose the most as a first-year coach with a new program not having this time? Quote, it's a million things. It's your system and it's getting to know your players. One of the big things in coaching, I think, is understanding your players and how to coach them. Yes, I think a younger Lane Kiffin might have left that out. I don't know. That's complete pure speculation. But it isn't just as simple as install teach them learn the plays go out there and do it right like if you've ever been a leader if you've ever been a part of a job or a group project even you're aware of the sensitivities and shall we say irrational emotions people have people react differently to certain comments and instruction and criticism so not just having the time to teach them these things but also knowing the best way to identify and relate to your young players. And I guess for lack of cliches that I've used today, building a culture. Giffen goes on to say, until you really get on the field with them, position coaches, coordinators, head coaches, you don't really understand that. There's no way to figure that out in the classroom. You lose a lot of things and you lose them getting to know each other too. From a playing standpoint and a system standpoint, this goes back to a similar point or this is a similar point from what I just made on top of the coach's familiarity with how they can act and treat and coach certain players and what gets through to certain guys. How do you react with your teammates? How do you react? Can you just expect your, this teammate to do the thing that he's supposed to do on the offensive line? That's critically important. It's important at every position. Sure. But there's some position groups where one person making a slight mistake or a miscommunication or not reading something right. will mess up the play for the other 10 people on the field. And that's especially true. Of the offensive line even still though you can obviously take that out and broaden it from from not just the offensive line but also the quarterback duh like he's leading everything who's that going to be can he trust the guys around him and so there's these little nuances that come only with repetition and repetition and experience and a lot of failure and the failure is supposed to happen in practice and some of it's supposed to happen in the game too how do people react to that Last year, not so great. But we could dive into why that is for a number of reasons, mostly talent deficiencies. And I would say by the end of the year, that was a deflated team and fan base. And it certainly didn't get any better in the rivalry game. So the idea that being able to trust people around you, understanding your teammates' weaknesses, and more than anything, I suppose it being just the ability to expect something out of the people that you're playing with in front of a large crowd where there's a lot of pressure, that's tough to do without having the ability to walk through it some. And if you're going to rely on some youth and some transfers which they're going to do, that becomes more critical. So this gets challenging quickly, and I don't envy Kiffin and his staff. Let's check in with Jerry and Ealy, the Ole Miss running back that some of you are fond of. He was obviously a very highly touted running back prospect, a top I was going to say top 25. He's really top 50 coming out of high school in the 2019 class as a freshman, 722 yards on only 104 carries, six touchdowns. And, you know, he had, uh, I think, some limitations because of Scotty Phillips, but great speed, evident that he has quickness. Uh, he's a little bit smaller. Nonetheless, I think <laughs> a, a good start based on the, uh, the average there 104 carries seven, 722 yards. If you, if you broaden that, Sample size, and it's you know double the amount of carries and double the amount of yards. You're going to be very happy with the year he has, particularly if they can get the passing game off the ground. Because Ole Miss proved to some extent last year they could run the ball, especially with John Rice Plumley back there. This is an exciting part of this team with some of its offensive line coming back, both quarterbacks in the battle. Not to forget Grant Tisdale. He's an exciting prospect. He's just not being mentioned right now because we've seen a lot more from the other two guys, but. Since I've talked some about the quarterbacks today and, you know, what they lose out on, what the team and the offense and Lane Kiffin loses out on by lacking spring practice and time together, you can at least lean on having Ely back and quite frankly I expect a bigger year out of him simply by nature of higher volume and a, a level of comfort. Because he's not a freshman. The challenging part of that is just like everyone else, this is a new deal for him. I guess it matters a little less as he was playing baseball and going to be missing out some, he'll be caught up with everyone else. Look out. I, you guys already know that name, and he's somebody you should be excited about. But I think with either quarterback, he makes uh, that backfield significantly better. And as part of the reason why I think Ole Miss is going to be able to score points this year, my, my big question is, how much is the defense going to let up? Because it's going to be a lot. And then the other big question is, are they just going to do that in half their games at, to three-fourths of their games? Or against Alabama, LSU, and Auburn, can they still put up some points? It's just evidently not going to be enough based on the talent gap. So Ely gives me some hope for the future. And, and, worth noting, although it's not Ole Miss basketball, I know that you guys are frustrated with the way things went for Kermit Davis, but things at Mississippi State right now, interesting, I guess. Maybe not the correct adjective, but five players are transferring from Mississippi State, And I'm going to save that for another show, because I think, quite frankly, you guys would love to revel in a little bit of misfortune for your hated team. And we can do that because we've got your team every day. Oh, see what I did there? A tease. Come back, baby. We'll talk more about the state of the program this week. Blake Lovell will join me speaking of basketball, and we'll talk a little bit about the Mississippi State Bulldogs. But don't you worry. We'll also talk about Kermit Davis this offseason and what needs to happen next year. A huge year for Kermit Davis and the Rebels. Thanks for hanging out. We'll do it again tomorrow. Until then, be easy. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On
1: College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.